The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you reach into your soul and the sorrow that you know will melt away and then it Mariah Carey with Hero. And that's the topic of this edition of The Politocrat. Heroes. Who is a hero? What defines one? And I guess the specific point for me on this edition is are healthcare workers and other frontline workers heroes? as far as you're concerned. And for me, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I guess I would say yes. But they're heroes every day. Not just because there's a pandemic and they are doing these extraordinary things. I think that they're heroes regardless. And I think that they're heroes for thriving and surviving in this world, dealing with so much pain in life, especially if they are healthcare workers, that's what they're dealing with. If these individuals that they were dealing with were healthy, then I guess you probably wouldn't have a need for healthcare workers. If everybody was healthy, 100% all the time, Never any ailments, never a cold, never a flu, no coronavirus, nothing ever ailed anybody. You wouldn't have a need for healthcare workers, I would expect, right? I mean, I know that sounds like a tautology, an obvious, an elementary, my dear Watson, but you'd have to imagine that healthcare workers see a lot of pain, see a lot of really awful things just as other frontline workers do you've got janitors who are frontline workers they see a lot of things as well that must really gross them out I want to know if people call janitors heroes would you call a janitor a hero I would. 
But I guess that depends upon who and what you view as a hero. I guess that is what the criteria would be. Who do you think fits the model of a hero? Is that a very American thing that we do? Or something that we do in the UK as well, by the way. To look at people who do these extraordinary things as heroes, but perhaps bypass the daily things, the quiet things that people do every day as heroic things. Is a random act of kindness an act of heroism? Or is it something different? Is it perhaps a little bit unfair to lump these things into the same bracket, into the same ballpark, into the same hemisphere? Now, it's one thing to lump things into the same ballpark, but it's quite another to lump them together as the same thing. There's a subtle but clear difference. For example, nobody is saying that what a doctor or nurse does is and has the same impact as what a bus driver does. Rather, probably better to say, no one's saying that what a bus driver does potentially has the same impact as saving a life. But then you might find someone that says to you, well, bus drivers might literally save a life if someone's being followed. And then a bus driver comes along and they are able to get to a bus stop and they get into that bus ahead of someone that's been following them for the last half hour. Maybe one could easily say that that bus driver was in fact saving someone's life potentially. And assuming that that were true, it still wouldn't be put in the same kind of headspace as a doctor or a nurse literally looking after and saving someone's life. I mean, the object of this today is not to compare and contrast necessarily. It's more about calibration of the conversation of the idea of what a hero is and why we use that term to describe what people do every day when, as I postulated earlier, a year ago, before this pandemic was even known or talked about or even got here, we probably wouldn't have said very much for healthcare workers because, quite frankly, as I've said, healthcare workers do get put upon. So do food deliverers, so do postal workers. We're seeing what's happening with the post office now in the United States, and it is in jeopardy. And we're seeing what's happening to postal service workers. At least 45 of them have died from this virus so far. Are we calling postal service workers heroes? Or is it that we take a lot of frontline workers for granted. I fear that we do. I do fear that we do take a lot of, it's not even a fear, it's a fact. 
it is a fact that a cross-section of people in the United States of America do take frontline workers for granted, take food deliverers for granted, don't even tip them in many instances. I've observed people not tipping frontline workers who deliver food to them. Whether now, during a pandemic, or at any time, in the better of times, not the best, but in the better of times, I've seen people not tip frontline drivers, at least not give them any cash tip. They may have tipped them in a credit card transaction beforehand. I didn't see it, so it doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I don't see people, I didn't see people before this pandemic, some people at least, I didn't see them tipping frontline workers with extra cash when they delivered food to them. Postal service workers get a lot of abuse. Are we calling frontline workers heroes because of this pandemic? Or are we calling them heroes because they're doing things that make a difference to the lives of people regardless of a pandemic? Is it about the person? Does the person make the hero or does the situation make the hero? Or do both of those things make the hero? And do you think that healthcare workers are heroes? Do you think that grocery store clerks are? Shouldn't we be thanking all of these service sector job individuals on a daily basis anyway? Why would it have to take a pandemic for us to do that? Forgive me for asking all these questions, but I do think it is worthy of some thought And I do think it's worthy of some discussion. Do we engage in hero worship? And do we do it almost out of hand? Do we do it very flippantly? Is it very superficial and are we patronizing frontline workers when we thank them for what they do? But don't really give them another thought. Do we really thank them? And how do we thank them? I actually want to develop that question and idea a little bit more after this. So one of the things, and welcome back. One of the things that I postulate here is Is there a certain level of emptiness to what we do when we are thanking people for their service in the military, for example, armed forces and all of the military? Or but then we treat people who come back from serving with a lot of contempt. You know, the VA does not fund them and help them the way they should. VA meaning the Veterans Administration or when we have situations where you do have healthcare workers working, we thank them with these shows and displays and symbolisms, quite frankly, of appreciation. But do we actually care? Do we actually 
really care? I mean, I guess we do. But there is a difference between, as I said earlier, appreciation and admiration and respect and something deeper, which is advocating for the individuals who do what they do. And I think that that is a real key element of appreciation. I just want to play here some audio from several nurses. I'm going to play just a portion of it. It's roughly five plus minutes long, but I'm only going to play maybe a couple of minutes or so of it. Where you have several nurses here in the United States who talk about going to New York and volunteering their services to help out New York City in particular and the surrounding areas that have been so burdened and so overwhelmed by this virus, by this disease, where you've had so many healthcare workers die from this virus, from this illness, from this disease. And you've had so many people in New York alone, New York City alone, dying from this. And the new, the whole state of New York, the highest rate of people passing away, the highest number of people who have succumbed to this virus are in New York State. In fact, you can make a case, and soon this case will be solidly made, that more people have died in New York State than in any other country in the, in the world. In fact, I think that's already true. And I know people throw out words like, well, this is the equivalent of 10 9-11s, or this is the equivalent of six Grenfell Tower disasters. I don't know if it's really helpful to put it in those terms. I don't think we have to engage in disaster comparison shopping in order to convey just how devastating and serious the loss of life is in this particular pandemic that we are all experiencing and all of us experiencing it differently. We are in this together in the sense that we are experiencing this together. But what it is that we are experiencing is very, very different indeed. Very, very different from one person to the next. And so here I'm going to play just a couple of minutes from this audio, which is actually video from the Washington Post about nurses, I believe it's five nurses talking about their experiences on the front lines. I'm going to play about two minutes of it. You will want to listen to this. It's, it's scary. I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrifying to be on the front lines. We have seen the numbers and we've seen people, how sick they get and how quickly they decompensate. And a lot of us are afraid to get ill or bring it home to our families. It definitely leaves a mark on you. I mean, I think after this, none of the healthcare workers will be the same. When you're on a flight and they say if the flight's crashing, you put your mask on before you put your friend or your loved one's mask on because you can't save people if you are not safe yourself. 
we wear our masks, like I said, our entire shift, we're constantly washing our hands, but the risk is definitely there and it's heightened for sure. Asking us to reuse N95s for 30 days, asking us to now maybe reuse the actual PPE that we wear, it is just scary. We advocate for our patients and you know our leaders should advocate for us. I did sign up to save people. I did sign up to try and help help save people, do my part, and I want to make an impact, but I didn't sign up to die. People are risking their lives without proper armor, you know? I mean, you wouldn't send people to war without proper armor. Like, we don't have PPE going in to fight this battle without the proper protection. It's unacceptable for nurses to have to, nurses, doctors, like I said, any healthcare team to have to go to work and not have what they need. We want to try to help as many people as we can, and if we're sick, we cannot do that. And that's really just about two minutes or so of a five-minute Washington Post video that chronicles these nurses that you've just heard talking about their experiences on the front lines. Some of those, I, I said all of them, but some of those nurses were working in New York. Some of them are not. They're working in different states like Michigan, South Carolina, perhaps, California, as well as New York City as well. So that is the take of a few nurses, five nurses. One of them you heard talking about, you wouldn't send people into armor and into war without proper armor. Well, that's what we've done. And then we turn around and call them heroes. And so that's really where what I'm getting at is, isn't there another missing piece to all of this? You're sending nurses into these situations, but even before they get into the situations, they don't have the proper equipment. They don't have the proper protections. Hospital work, hospital administrators are telling them in many cases to go without masks or to, as you heard, one of the nurses, at least one of them say, go in without, well, go in and reuse PPE. I mean, that is all about the infrastructure that has been completely destroyed in this country and a willful person in the White House, a vengeful person, a person who has no kind of empathy at all, withholding PPE, withholding ventilators, withholding masks, withholding gowns, all of the things that these nurses need. Someone in the White House who attacks nurses and says, well, you know, they must have taken all this stuff. How come it's all gone out the back door? And that's what he said a few weeks ago. So it's that kind of insanity, that pathological and that psychotic atmosphere that those nurses are being thrown into. You've got people who are protesting nurses, cowards. Let me rephrase that. Cowards protesting nurses spitting at nurses, 
calling nurses names here in the USA. There's something really sick and evil and twisted about people who do things like that. Telling telling nurses to go back to China. Telling nurses that they're communists. Telling nurses that they're socialists. Telling nurses that they are traitors. There are some really sick, pathological and psychotic people in this country. They are psychopathic. And they get their cues from a psychopath in the White House. So these nurses are telling these stories and they are under siege. And are we patronizing them when we call them heroes? Are we trivializing it? I think that what I'm getting at here is the simple fact that I think that along with applauding nurses every Thursday in the UK and applauding nurses and frontline workers who are first responders, for example, every day at 7 p.m. in New York and maybe in other places. Alongside that, I think you can really show your appreciation for these workers, for these nurses, these grocery store workers, the janitors, the bus drivers, and so many other frontline people by advocating for them. I think that they will be appreciated that much more, quite frankly. Advocating for equipment for them, advocating for more PPE, calling up your doc, your member of Congress or your senators or both. In fact, I think that's the best idea. I would urge you right now to call your member of Congress if you are in the U.S. of A. And call your two senators. And you call them at 202-225-3121. I think that that is a very good way to honor and respect those individuals, those frontline workers, those healthcare workers... And you do that by telling your senators and your congressperson that, hey, we must get PPE for these nurses, for these doctors. We must get PPE for all of the frontline workers, including janitors, including bus drivers, including grocery store workers and restaurant and food deliverers. I think all of those frontline workers would feel that much more appreciated. I know it's a very lovely gesture to applaud these workers. It makes them feel good. But you know what I think would make them feel even more appreciated and loved and cared about and cared for is if we got on the phone right now at 202-225-3121 and told our two senators and our member of Congress that they must demand more PPE for 
workers. Now, I know there was a bill that was passed yesterday in the House for almost, what, almost half a trillion dollars, much of which was going to small business payment protection program, which I think is a good thing. And much of it also, part of it going to testing and testing of frontline workers and hospital people and all of that is all good. But we need more. There needs to be more than half a billion for this, half a trillion for this. There needs to be $2 trillion, I think, alone on testing. Certainly for frontline workers, but also for asymptomatics. But we do need to show appreciation for these frontline workers. But I think it has to go deeper than appreciation. It has to go to advocacy. And that's the piece that I think is missing. You heard a nurse in that excerpt of audio that I played just a few minutes back saying that it's crazy that the government's not doing anything. And I may have misheard that, that the lead, that these leaders have to do this or that they're not doing it rather. Well, I think that we should be doing this also. If the leaders in this country, the so-called leaders in this country aren't pushing for PPE, and I'm talking about the only the, the leader in quotes that's in the White House, if he's not pushing for it and the governors are pushing for it, that's good that the governors are, but then we should also be doing this. Why don't we also put pressure on governmental figures? Why does it require that we sit back? Aren't we part? Isn't this government supposed to represent us? We know that the guy in the White House right now is not representing any of us. He's representing himself. If government is by the people, of the people, and for the people, then we, I think, should also be helping out these efforts. Whether we can afford to donate some money or whether we can just pick up a phone for five minutes or less and just call that phone number I've just mentioned, 202 Three, I'm sorry, 202-225-3121 and tell your senators or your congressperson or both of them, look, we need PPE for these nurses and let's get to it. I don't think that's a bad idea. If we call these frontline workers that I've been talking about heroes, then why don't we also do things that befit their hero status? Why don't we do things that advocate for them? Because you wouldn't treat a hero with anything less than respect. And I do think that advocating for the individuals that I'm talking about is also a sign of respect for these individuals, not just some empty throwaway line, hero. When there's a lot of things that they shouldn't have to be heroes for because we have a crumbling infrastructure that Reagan has started to destroy and helped began, began to destroy in the 80s. So that we've got to this point now and we're calling them heroes. What we should be doing is trying to fix a system or change a system or completely build a new system so that the people that I'm talking about who put their lives on the line don't have to be called heroes at the end of it all. 
They can just be seen as doing the job they've always been doing, whether there's been a pandemic or not. I think it's worth thinking about. Do you think that healthcare workers are heroes? Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. David Bowie with Heroes. And welcome to this Friday edition of The Politocrat. It is Friday, April the 24th, 2020. I'm Omar Moore, and I hope you are well on this Friday. A lot to digest, as we always do on these days. Every day now is different. Well, maybe maybe not different. But every day is different from here on, isn't it? Because it's not the same as it used to be. At least for many of us who aren't accustomed to pandemics or accustomed to, I think, world-changing situations such as this. I mean, this is a, I think in many respects, a world-changing situation. So uh, I don't know about you, particularly if you are here in the United States, But I find this to be one of those world-changing events, a pandemic that has sadly taken so many lives. And I think what I get ticked off at is that a lot of this could could have been prevented here in the United States and in a number of other countries. Or at least it could have been, we could have been in a situation where the number of people who lost their lives was far fewer So that's something to think about. I hope that you are keeping well and that, of course, you are persevering in these times. My condolences to anyone who is going through a really painful time. Particularly, of course, if you have lost someone you know or if you yourself are going through a horrible experience. No matter what that experience is, it doesn't have to be the coronavirus. It could be something else that's been very traumatic in your life. Please know that I send my real sincere heartfelt prayers and that I wish for you to 
grow stronger, thrive, persevere, and get back to full speed as best you can. So I played that track Heroes by David Bowie because the topic of the day today is heroes. The idea of what a hero is. Who is a hero to you? What is a hero to you? I think the word hero gets thrown around a lot in the United States and it does in the United Kingdom as well. But what does that really mean? And I suppose what I'm really getting at is would you call healthcare workers heroes? Would you call frontline workers of any kind heroes? And are you calling them heroes because of what's going on right now in this pandemic or not? Or is it is it just something different? Is it because this pandemic is here and people are responding in these incredible ways? Or is it the fact that people are just doing their jobs. And I don't mean to sound flippant when I say what I say here. What I am trying to express is the idea that I think hero can sometimes be a word that we throw around, but quite frankly, It kind of is empty, isn't it? The word hero. It seems that we only throw that word around during events like this that are large scale events, life altering events, society altering events like a pandemic. That in the United States now has sadly killed more than 51,000 people and counting. I wonder if we can call someone a hero when there isn't a pandemic going on, when there isn't a terror attack going on. I think you can find heroes in people who are not just the people on the front lines, but you can find them in everyday people. And in really many respects, the doctors and the nurses And the grocery store workers, they are everyday people. And I wonder if a year ago, if you had seen a doctor or a nurse, and I want to stick to doctors and nurses, and particularly nurses and grocery store workers and food deliverers. I wonder if a year ago, when there was no pandemic around, when there was no event, at least here in the United States, that was society altering, I wonder if you would have called any of those individuals the postal service worker, the food preparer or deliverer, the bus driver, the nurse. Would you have called them heroes a year ago when there was no pandemic? On a daily basis, you've got bus drivers who don't get paid very much. You've got grocery store workers who don't get very much pay. And you have nurses who are working in some conditions that are, let's face it, not the best. Some of the nurses are being told to work without masks right now. 
But even before this pandemic, there was all kinds of crises in hospitals in the U.S. Cuts being made to hospital services. Would you have looked at any of the people who are being called heroes now as heroes in 2019, a year ago? Would you have called them heroes then? I guess what I'm trying to get at is does the person determine who is a hero or is it the event that they are finding themselves situated in that determines whether they are a hero or not? Because as I say, I I submit that there are people who do these extraordinary things every day that don't get any notice or credit. And in fact, they don't have to run into burning buildings. They don't have to risk their own lives to save another person and save their lives. It could be as simple as putting on a uniform. It could be as simple as waking up in the morning and you might have clinical depression, but you wake up in the morning and you will yourself to work somehow. There's heroism in that, isn't there? And I'm not trying to even get into whether I'm comparing one to to another or not. And that's not what the scope of inquiry is for me. It literally is, I think, an act of heroism, is it not? For someone who may be clinically depressed to find their way out of bed somehow, jump in the shower, put on clothes and get out there to work and work in an environment, regardless of what the environment is, it might be a toxic environment, but they find their way to it. Isn't there some heroism there? Quiet heroism? Isn't it heroism nonetheless? I think we apply narrow definitions to that word, don't we? Hero? It tends to be on a Hollywood movie type scale. It always tends to be in the American culture that we have to have some firefighter running into a burning building. That's a hero. Someone who happens to save someone's life in a really adverse situation. That's the hero label that gets put on. What do you think about all of this? I've been posing this question on and off in various platforms. And I mostly get the answer that yes, healthcare workers and frontline workers, specifically other frontline workers like the postal workers, like the food deliverers, like bus drivers, are also heroes, that they are heroes. That is what I am getting 
and what I'm hearing when I pose the question on social media. But I think even more of an inquiry would be what I asked at the top, which is, is it the person that dictates heroism or is it the situation? Because I find that it's the person, if you had to ask me the question, and I have posed it, I find myself saying that the person is what dictates the heroism, not the situation. So the pandemic for me is not what makes these workers heroic people. But so often the news media here in this country says, wow, you know, they work these 18-hour shifts, these 24-hour shifts, and this pandemic is here, and look what they're doing, and they're saving lives, and there's bodies here, and they're describing the situation that these individuals are operating in. But are they necessarily describing the person? It's a very interesting subject. Is hero worship something that's uniquely American? I mean, I have heard people in the United Kingdom talk about this when every Thursday night in the UK at 8 p.m. local time, the nation stops to clap for carers, to applaud them for their work, for the NHS. And of course, in New York City, every night at 7 p.m., New York time, local time, Eastern time. The same is being done throughout neighborhoods in New York. First responders get applauded. Healthcare workers get applauded. But I also think in exploring this, there is another component or two. And I think that, quite frankly, this difference between worship or appreciation and respect I'll explain myself right after this. <laughs> 